Today's program is brought to you by MOFAD, the Museum of Food and Drink. For more information, visit mofad.org. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Nice of uh, you to stop by today, Pete. Uh, well, you know, I figured I'd drop in. You know, the pizza's better here. <laughs> Good to see you, Mike Edison, Pizza Rumba, back on Art Since This is Seizures. We have many special guests today. I, I miss this uh, Derwood Kirby guest host chair. And we miss your Sputnik-era humor, of which there will be much room for today. We're Why is the, that, Mike? Because it's the Borscht Belt Bacchanal. Borscht Belt. So, so, so a rabbi goes into a, a bar, right? What, is, what happens? And he's got a frog on his shoulder. And the bartender says, where'd you get in? And the frog says, Brooklyn, they're everywhere. <laughs> Come on, Dave, get with it. Where's the applause? Where, 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 the studio audience is asleep. He's waiting. <laughs> All right, we're... We're just getting started. And if you think you've heard these jokes before, you have. So who's our guest today? Who are our, our fabulous guests? Dave's going nuts and they're trying to get the correct klezmer or soundtrack. Uh, we're going back. We're going way back. We're going back to the Borscht Belt, the golden days of the Catskills, with our friend Marissa Scheinfeld and her new book, The Borscht Belt, Revisiting the Remains of America's Jewish Vacation Hold that up. Land. Hold that up for the people to see, Michael. Hey, let me tell you, it's no joke. I once saw George Thurgood on the radio. I was in the studio with him and he was holding up the record for the radio audience. That's our future. That, that's <laughs> That's what's coming. Our future, so burned out. <laughs> it looks good, though. I, it, is a, it is a fantastic book. And what this book is, it is really, it's a tour through, um, well, I, I called it a forensic exploration. Yeah, it's very much like uh, archaeology with a camera, but not tampering things, just finding them as they are. I mean, there were hundreds of hotels up up in the, uh, okay, Dave, you can, you can ease up with the klezmer music. Um, uh there are like hundreds, literally hundreds of hotels up in the Catskills. 538, supposedly. We were talking, okay, now we know about Grossinger's. Do, do we ever know about Grossinger's? <laughs> and the Concord. The Neville. Um, the Pines. The, the Pines, Browns. The bra- Browns. Right. But the, my favorite, the one you were telling me about, was the Laurels. Lose your morals at the Laurels. Do you know about this? Ooh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. this, is, this is where... Um, so it goes. And so, and so it goes. You know, but, but, you know what the three words a Jewish woman never wants to hear while she's making love? What? Honey, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you've come prepared, I see. I've come prepared, too. I have... Oh, we're ready. I have ready. a can here of uh, Dr. Brown's celery tonic. Yeah, do you have any, you have any uh, vodka... Help it find its legs. That's that's the thing. Yeah, we should get some vodka for this and make our special. They, they say Jews don't drink. Well, here's one that does. Uh, okay. <laughs> Actually, speaking of uh, people of Jewish heritage, that was a little below your uh, your family didn't go to the castle, you know, right? You know they, what? We did. Actually, was, I thought you were a little too classy for that. You know that. why Jews don't drink? Why? It interferes with our suffering. 
Do, do you know what? Do, do you know why Hitler didn't drink? <laughs> oh boy! It's, it's, do you know why Hitler didn't drink? I mean, why didn't Hitler drink? He was a bad drunk. <laughs> you know, it's really good for a hangover. What? Drinking too much the night before. <laughs> Wow. Wow. So my, my wife wanted to go on vacation. She said, take me someplace I've never been before. You, you brought it I to said, the kitchen. I said, try the kitchen. Yeah, you brought it to the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Marissa's book. Um, it's, it looks great. It is, Thank you. It is great. Who did the photography? Myself. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> believe it or not. It's a book of photography, B. Mm-hmm. I know Pete's just walking in a little bit naked. He hasn't had a chance to to enjoy what really really is a book that belongs on everyone's coffee table. How how long were you collecting? How long were you up in the Catskills looking uh, for the remains of the glorious... Summers of, of I'd uh, say about past. five or six years, but I grew up there. I oh, was yeah. born in Brooklyn in uh-huh. 1980. In 1987, my dad moved us up to the mountains. Where? Monticello, Kayamisha Lakes. Okay. So Kaya we Misha. lived uh, by okay. the Kutchers and the Concord. When I when I was in when I okay when I was in Brooklyn Tech, the coolest guy in my class who was like great at picking up girls. He looked like he really looked like uh, from the uh, the old studio days, the Indian that they'd get. He had like the hair. You know, and he always wore a buckskin jacket. And he told he told would always tell all the girls he was a Native American, and his Native American name was Kayamisha. His <laughs> it, real name was Murray Weinlink, but uh, it, it is a Native American name. Well, I, I, yeah. it took me a while yeah. to figure that out though. Yeah. From Lake Kayamisha. Mm-hmm. Well, we went to groceries when I was a kid. This was this was like one of these awful <laughs> awful scenes. I can't. You, 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 well, going back is going to be weeks on my shrink's couch just telling the story on the radio. Traumatized. Seriously, we were at Grossinger's. This was soon after um, my parents got divorced. This was my dad with his uh, new bride, such as uh, she was. And my little uh, my brothers were little kids. This was probably the very week I discovered how to smoke pot. So I was all ready to go, and I snuck a joint up. And um, I didn't have a shaving kit because I wasn't shaving yet. But I was definitely... On my way to Doperhead Dumb, and uh, they, they narked me out. My brothers totally dimed me out. To, like my, you know, it was just bad, bad, bad vibes. Bad divorce. Hated the, the wife, the father, the thing. There was the food was awful. There was nothing for me to do there. It was a bunch of squares. I felt completely out of place. You know, shuffleboard. And you were killing me with your description of these ballrooms. It was awful. Like five hundred Jews eating together is a terrible idea. <laughs> it's very loud. It's loud, all right. Mm-hmm. But then you, w- then you went to the ballroom, and who was on stage but Sammy Petrillo? <laughs> um, have you ever been in a room with 500 Jews? I, I served. I, I was, uh, I was a, a dessert chef at, uh, at the, uh, what's it, the Hotel Sagamore in Lake George. Not quite the Jewish Alps. No, a little further north. A little further north in the Adirondacks. And it's just like a, like a tsunami of people sending things back. Uh, yes, yeah, so, <laughs> right. There, there, actually, it was. It was that we had a, um, what was it? It was a banana split night. And then people were sending back their, bla- their banana splits because we were just doing it like, okay, a scoop of vanilla, a scoop of chocolate, and a stru- send it out. And it's like, no, I wanted two scoops of chocolate and a scoop of strawberry. The, the Jews a, just had too many options in the Borscht Belt, so it just allowed <laughs> them to just be like, I don't want this. I've, I've said this before. I want to bring it back again. You know when you buy chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry ice cream, Napoleon ice cream in like a half-gallon container? I love it. Wow. The Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah, but why is the strawberry in the middle? This has bothered me. Uh, uh, okay, the vanilla should be in the middle because it complements the chocolate on one side, the strawberry on the other. I don't want the strawberry next to the chocolate. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, you've had. Now I can <laughs> see you've had it rough. <laughs> You know, now I, now he we was know. one of those people now in the know. grossing or standing room complaining. <laughs> oi, oi, <laughs> oi. Yeah. So, any, 
uh, this is a beautiful. I also want, just want to interject here that our other studio guest is my lovely wife, Marilla. And, and it's her birthday. She's wearing a birthday tiara. She thanked you for the tiara. She's queen for the day. Queen for a day. Queen for a day. <laughs> um, you've been on the uh, tour uh, with uh, and the Jewy Book Circuit, um, talking to lots of old Jews about your book. How's that going? It's going all right. It's been about two weeks, so uh, Where have you I'm been? just like a little bit in um, Central Jersey, Philly, Westchester. Where in Catskills. Westchester? Um, I spoke at uh, the Katona Public Library. Katona, where I live. another mm-hmm. Indian chief. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Chief Katona. Uh-huh. She's going to call Liga today. Yeah. We could work to, we could add that um, to our I did something in the city. I'm going to California next week, Florida. Where? Uh, in the city at Brazil. Where in California? Oh, San Diego. We have listeners around the world. Sure, I'll be in San Diego. See, where in um, San Diego? you got to tell them. At the La Jolla Athenaeum, and then I'll be at the Medium Festival of Photography, which is at the Lafayette Hotel, and then I'll be in I L.A. at Chevalier's Hotel. Books. Great city. I lived yeah. there for about eight years. And, and, and where is it in Florida? Um, Boynton Beach, JCC, and the Jewish there? Museum in Miami. You been there? No, I have not. Not yet. I'm not so fortunate. The Jews have not embraced me the way they have, <laughs> Marissa. I, apparently, I scare them. I uh, think you not scare just them. them. Not just them. <laughs> we met at um, a Jewish kind of author network, and my head just like whipped around when Mike got up there and did his presentation. But um, not as many people uh, loved it there. You <laughs> <laughs> saw it because they saw. They looked at me and they saw themselves. They were scared. It scared the living shit out of them. <laughs> so a Jewish boy says to his father, "Dad, I want to borrow fifty bucks." The father says, 40 bucks. What do you can do with five dollars?" <laughs> So how, how have the crowds have been? Like, I understand you've been working to an older crowd. They're definitely dominated by like the Borscht Belter and the person that had been to the Catskills. But, um, been there in the 70s, though, which would that, we consider that the height of it? Or even the 60s? earlier, yeah. The yeah, I'm oh. getting people that have you know gone up there in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Saw Martin and Lewis. And then younger people who maybe grandparents went up there. But then I'm also really interested in pulling in the photography audience because I am mm-hmm. a photographer. And... This is about the Borscht Belt, but it's really about photography. And that's true. And this book does um, ride, ride that line between both being a nostalgic book about the Borscht Belt, and it's kind of sad because we're looking at runes, we're looking at uh, ice rinks and, and swimming pools that you know have been taken over by um, paintballers and skateboarders, not to mention you know migrant uh, wildlife. Um, I was very good friends but, with uh, the late Tanya Grossinger, who was like the poor niece of the Grossinger family, and she'll she's oh. Whenever I mention the name uh, 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 Eddie Fisher, she had always filled it with disgust. She had met him several times at Grossinger's. He was a staple there. He was he was a he was a staple along with the the other staples, and uh, at the end he was the one who pushed the plunger when Grossinger's was blown up. Yeah. So, Eddie Fisher, going down in history. Dave's on the ball with the explosion. That's good. Now, that's Thank you, that David. Had, Thank that, you. That he, he blew it up. So this Jewish boy. He blew up Grossinger's. He gets a, he, a Jewish boy gets a part in the school play. And he goes home and he says, Mom, Mom, I got, I got a great part in the play. She says, well, what part did you get? She says, well, I play the husband. She says, well, you go back and tell them you want a speaking part. <laughs> <laughs> so we were up in the country. I'm, I, I'm, I, it's true that we missed the show last weekend because we did have that. We had to have Mr. Root, the tree surgeon, come. He was looking at this dying tree. He gave the tree six weeks to live. We couldn't pay the bill. He gave it another six weeks. 
guy goes to a doctor. He says, you got two weeks to live. He says, I want a second opinion. The doctor says, okay, you're ugly. <laughs> Um, so we're talking about these, the photographs are beautiful, and this stands up great Thank as you. an art book of photography. It is, you know, it's an amazing. Um, I mean, just that everything went to, went to ruin so quickly, you know, and you can sort of see ghosts. It's sort of like the Jewish yeah. version of The Shining. What was? But what? on the same, but at the same point, though, I want to say we're celebrating nostalgia for a time that was. I love the front of the book where there's some matchbook covers and some people by the pools, you know, not seeing the coming apocalypse. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that like laying out the heyday photographs was part of the point to, mm-hmm. for people to have a context of what it was, especially for those who have no idea what. Can I curse on this show? Please. What no. the fuck it was about? <laughs> Oops. Um, but ultimately, um, it's a present day view. It's not a nostalgic, typical Borscht Belt, kitschy narrative. It's really infused with a contemporary narrative That's that right. is kind of rough. Yeah. It's not a book about. I want to talk about nostalgia for a second because uh, I, I consider nostalgia some sort of like national pathology. And uh, at the same time, I indict it. I also want to give a shout out today is the 40th anniversary, there's a reunion of my elementary school class. And it's the weirdest thing um, because I don't know these people. I mean, these people I knew when I was seven. I know a couple of these people because we learned how to smoke pot or drop acid together and we did become friends and stay friends. But the large majority of these people, I don't know. It's a list of names. I love names, too. So you have you know all these names with these like weird ethnic backgrounds. You're trying to remember, who was that kid? Or was that the girl that smelled like oatmeal? And I remember that guy's father had like a bad scar, you know? And, you know, they're just kids. I, 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 but the... Uh, the did you attend this thing, or do you? Do you no, it's happening as as as, as we, we speak? as we speak. Uh, Where? Did want to give a, a in Metuchen? Cla- Clara Barton Elementary School. It's on Amboya Avenue, and I did want to uh, shout out, like I said, I went to uh, my friend uh, Janet Mary, who lived up the nice girl lived up the street. Is very sweet. Is putting this on, and uh, Tom Tamori, and my friends Eric Winicky and Ken Block, and a few of these guys that I know that are there. But I want someone to explain to me why this passion for nostalgia, especially for a time that we, it wasn't that good. <laughs> Why are you being nostalgic for something that sucked in the first place? I think it's about loss. And when you realize like what's not around anymore, whether it's people or places, there's like a longing and a, and a, and a pathos to that. The, nostalgia is a natural defense mechanism to deal with what is to come. Oh, boy. And we are in the... I'm afraid you only go one way. We are living in an era of lunacy, so maybe no, it's starting way, to make Michael. more, more so, sense. I, you know, so what are we talking about? Are we talking about making America great again? I mean, what are we talking about? We've already done it, Mike, with this show. <laughs> We're making America I, great right now, I got right a, here, I got, in I got, this little, what do you call this thing, a cabin, I got a, a studio? I got a what tweet from Donald Trump. He says, cancel this unfunny, boring show. And what happened? <laughs> he says, What's the punchline? Sarumba's attack on me is unwarranted. It's rigged. It's rigged, he says. Heritage Radio is rigged. Actually, it is. Um, speaking this of, is a delicious... You know what? I'm glad Pogo's back behind the bar making these delicious... The old-fashioned, the old-fashioned. And, you know, yeah. I, and I said, thank you, thank you. It's an old-fashioned... Although, I remember it was at Grossinger's, though. I was totally picking up everybody's drinks. I was like 14. I was getting like bombed just picking up the cocktails that they left around. Jews don't finish their cocktails. They're not drinkers. Now, the whole thing with the, the <laughs> Borscht Belt, if I may say so, not being uh, growing up Jewish myself, mm-hmm. uh, not, uh, I mean, I went to the Catskills, but uh, there was the Jewish Alps, uh, there was the Irish Alps, you know, there was the other. German, uh, right, Italian. right, right. People went up there. Yeah. But the whole culture of, of course, the Borscht Belt, permeated the entire United States with the age of television. Without a doubt. Right. Most Milton of Berle. So, the right. Let's start with Milton Berle. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Started. Milton Berle. Right. Everyone. Everyone. Every, you know, I was watching Myron Cohn on, uh, on Ed Sullivan and whatnot. Every, we all, right? We all, uh, you know, Sid Caesar, everybody. 
And so without knowing what the Borscht Belt was, everyone in the country and around the world experienced the culture without knowing it. And right. has it been influenced, whether they realize it right. or not, especially by comedy? Well, look at Mike. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how many Jewish people at home are spared, spared this. <laughs> I've got a good face for radio. You know, how no, many, you, can... you know how many Jewish grandmothers it takes to change a light bulb? How many? It's okay. I'll just sit here in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> hey, happy birthday, Merle. How's it going over there? All right, we're talking about, you want to try a song? Uh, since this is supposed to be a variety show. It's a vari- it is a variety it show, is a variety of bad jokes. And, uh... <laughs> a variety of old people. No. Oh, talking about and, old, and our engaging of old people, Marilla and film. I did go see Van Morrison last weekend at oh, Forest Hills. That was the first time I was back at Forest Hills Stadium since I worked at the Who concert in 1971 there. I never went back. Two of my coworkers were stabbed that night. One died. Oh. That was definitely the end of the, of the uh, age of Aquarius. We didn't want to... Uh, You're responsible for that. I was responsible for that. But anyhow, Van the Man was great, and I'm happy to... Uh, I was surprised to he, uh, hear that he's going to be knighted. And uh, They're giving those things Ivan, away. Like, Sir Ivan, they're giving them away. Wax teeth when, when are you getting knighted? Yeah, I'm getting knighted. They knighted Rod Stewart last week. I heard Paul Weller's knighted. I mean, they're just Paul Weller. Yeah, I know. For what? These, these are, like, these are the, like, the cut of his suit. These are like these are like participation trophies they give, yeah, they're right. giving away. That's like, it's too. It's like they're really, really yeah, depreciated the, the knighting. They totally it's depreciated been, these knighthoods. That does it. Well, anyway, Van was wonderful. Really, he was relevant. He was vital and mystical, and the whole thing. And I'm very glad. Right? Wasn't. He was fantastic. Michael, uh, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. He did a lot of blues numbers, like like he did with them, you know, Don't mm-hmm. Start Crying Now, Parchments Farm, and did him great. Like, great. Not like Hokey or anything. He did great. Well, Talking about speak, Hokey. Speaking of which. Speaking of Hokey. Speaking of which. We got a song by Louis Jordan, don't we? Not so fast. Yes, good. Hey, everybody. Let's have some fun. You only live but once. And when you're dead, you're done. So let the good times roll. Let the good times roll. Be careful, young and old. Get together. Let the good times roll. Don't sit there mumbling and talking trash. If you want to have a ball, you got to spend. Let the good times roll Let the good times roll Don't care if you're young or old Get together, let the good times roll I can play your slide Whilst I drink my celery The original celery tonic Here's a double verse. Hey, I'll tell everybody, Mike and Peter in town, we got five dollars and we're not fooling around. But don't let nobody play us cheap. We got 50 cents more than we're gonna keep and let the good times roll. Let the good times roll. Don't care if you're young or old, let the good times roll. Well, 
All right, a little later, we're going to attempt that Rolling Stones single again that we uh, oh, kind of made a hash out of last week. Again, that was beautiful. Here we are talking about uh, Van Morrison and the Rolling Stones and uh, the Borscht Belt's new book, The Borscht Belt, which everyone should get. Uh, wherever wherever uh, better books um, are sold. And to go see Marissa out on um, the Trail of Tears, such as it is. The people, <laughs> the people at the awkward date table were flipping out over the book and the can of Dr. Brown's. Sol Ray Tonic. I love Sol Ray, but uh, I'm trying to tie the Stones of Van Morrison to Bob Dylan, since we're talking about some nostalgia and Jews, and I'm thrilled that he won the Nobel Prize. You know, I've heard a lot of kvetching, a lot of, you know, well, he doesn't write books, you know, whatever, he's a songwriter. Um, I, I think this is the greatest thing. I think um, rising tide lifts all ships and Bob Dylan's a victory. And, you know, you remember what Alfred Nobel was famous for? Uh, Alfred, was, Alfred Newman. Alfred, the Alfred Newman Award. Alfred We're definitely Newman. in the running for that. Nobel invented dynamite. Invented dynamite, so think, which, which Larry. So, so I think it's good that Bob Dylan got an award named for a guy that. Which Eddie dynamite. Fisher used to blow up Grossinger. So everything ties everything in. At the nexus of everything. There we go. That's the sound that Grossinger is going. Incredible. Gone. So, what are some of the stories that you've heard, uh, Marissa, when you've been out touring about people uh, looking back fondly at these, these hotels? What do they miss the most? I think people miss just like the consistency of like getting together, the community, um, you know, and and the past and and like the good fun times that they had. It was like their youth, their prime. So, yeah. I mean, who, who was the typical gross singers? I mean, I, my experience was like my awful family, you know, and, and it was just terrible. Was there were people having fun? Were people getting laid? I mean, were be- uh, for sure, for sure, yeah, Eddie, for sure. F- Eddie Fisher. <laughs> yeah, by hey, multiple women up there. Mm-hmm. Scandalous. Jews are very loyal, you know. Jewish men are very loyal. Right. I've been dating the same girl 47 years. I hope my wife doesn't find out. <laughs> That's all. That's a good one. <laughs> no, I mean, I've heard stories of people, like, sneaking in under the fence to see a show. And, and you know, it's kind of ironic because that's what I've been doing for the past five or six years is just sneaking under fences. Well, that's, so so what, at what personal risk were these photographs taken? Because, you're, I mean, to look at this book and you're looking at some places that time forgot. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I'm definitely trekking through, like, unstable, like, very dilapidated spaces. I, I wouldn't advise people to go. Many people do. Um, you're likely going to get arrested, fall through yeah. the floor, what, glass what, what was the most haunting of the, of the sites that you visited? For me, it was going back to Kutcher's and seeing ah, Kutcher. the pool table that was still there that I learned how to play pool on with my grandpa. That kind uh, of rocked me, and, and I. Kutcher's is still kind of intact enough to have. No, the Kutcher's table. was uh, there at the time when I went. They were demolishing it. Their no. plans are to put an Ayurvedic hotel in, and they've since demolished pretty much everything except for one of the main structures. Did you see any ghosts? No, I didn't see them, but I do believe in energy, and I definitely felt a presence of something, something great. Myron Cohn. Maybe Myron Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, seriously, I picture like a Jewish version of The Shining. In a way, it kind of was. It's definitely spooky. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at these photographs, and um, again, they really are exquisite, the muted colors. Oh, hold them just, up, Mike. Hold them up. <laughs> well, it's all done on Do film. Do the George Thurgood. It's yeah. all medium-format camera. I'm shooting with a Pentax, natural light. Um, it's very much straight photography. I, we I, should we should go up there, you and me, yeah. and, 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 and look buy, for ghosts. I'd start a bungalow mm-hmm. colony. Start, that's, it. that's what I was going to say. Yeah, manage a bungalow. 
bungalow colony. It's happening again, right. too. There's, There's no a... better word in the English language than bungalow. <laughs> bungalow colony is the better it, it, it's phrase. The, it's the best. We should, we should go there. Are these human bones? I was going to say. You, you know you what? I'm not sure not? what they are, but um, there was a lot of odd things these that I found there. These grand ballrooms, these big spaces. Oh. God, I had a, my three days at Grossinger's were just like the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> the closest I got was in the early 70s. I was a counselor at the well-met camps. Oh, you know who else was a counselor there? Uh, oh, who else? Stern. Oh. Howard Stern. Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably was oh, with him yeah, up there. A successful radio host. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> as opposed to. Uh, anyway, uh, okay. Well, a lot of people were counselors. Yeah, at the I, I mean, camp, a lot of people Walmart worked camps. there. I mean, Larry King was a busboy. And, and, you uh, know, Wilt Chamberlain was a bellhop. And I, uh, Wilt Chamberlain's Jewish? Okay, so anyway, one night we did sneak <laughs> off. Uh, 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 we, every night we used to go out and get plastered in Barrysville. Barryville, uh, yeah, Barryville uh, on the on the on the Delaware River. Yeah, uh, dollar a, a pitcher. Matt Beer from Utica uh, every night. But one night we all drove over, and because uh, we were invited by the, uh, some people working at Neville at the Neville, and snuck into the Neville and got stoned with the the, the staff like the bus boys of Neville, and we're not caught. So, not close. I, got, I got stolen at Grossinger's. My brothers dimed me out to my to my dad and his <laughs> Oh, really? Wife. Oh, boy. Oh, damn, which did not make it any more fun for me. It you know? sounds like you had an absolutely miserable time Oh, my God. Read the book. Are you having Wait, trauma by looking at the, the food? The, the, the food was terrible. That was the food. And the portions, so small. <laughs> so, so, so small portions. You know, you know my, my, my wife went to the beauty parlor. She was there for three hours. That was just for the estimate. <laughs> Then they gave her a mud pack, and for a while she looked good. For two days she looked good. Then the mud pack fell off. Yeah. She wanted to get a facelift, but it was too expensive, 300 bucks. But I found a guy for 15 bucks, lowered her body. <laughs> <laughs> do, people tell you, do people tell you jokes when you're out on the road to this? I've had, like, are these, fun, are these funny From, Jews? like, jokes to fetchy Jews to Jews pouring their heart out with stories to people on the verge of tears. Um, it's it's just like the gamut because I think that the project touches on like all those heartstrings, di- like that are light and dark. Yeah, nostalgia. It's a, it's it's dangerous territory to mine. It is obviously the availability of cheap uh, jet travel killed this whole thing. Yeah, right? the Come boom on. of I mean, the airline right. industry, the you growth go, of suburbia. Right. I mean, right. you can go on and on and no. on. Like the way the Telegraph you know? killed the Pony Express. Exactly. You remember that. Yeah, I think it was just like a, a multitude of ingredients all happening at the same time. It wasn't right. just people, one thing. It's not black and white. People could go wherever they wanted. They didn't have to be limited to driving uh, an hour and a half to uh, not to sell them. Yeah, and Jews had largely assimilated. The reason why the Borscht Belt even started was because Jews were banned from hotels in They were restricted country. hotels. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they also clung together. I mean, it was... They, they stick together. I mean, yeah. I you, some, you know, you hang with your Clannish. peeps. Clannish. Clannish. A little clannish there, Mikey. <laughs> well, they were, they were obviously conspiring to take over uh, uh, yeah, the, inter- I, the international I, banking system and, mm-hmm. and Hollywood and the, and the exactly. media. That's where it all happened. Where are you going to be next, Marissa? Where can we find you? I am going to be all over. Got some events. Um, next in year in City. Jerusalem, of course. Next year in Jerusalem, maybe. I'm going to be at the Museum of Eldridge Street, the 92nd Street Y, out west, Florida. Um, borschtbeltbook.com is the website. Borschtbeltbook.com. You can dig that. Can I have, can I have a page on, on, on borschtbelt.com for, for, for where I collect the worst jokes of all time? I, there's a portal for you to share your memories. <laughs> so if you want to share some of your trauma... <laughs> Boy, oh boy, did it suck! Um, but thank, thank God, Eddie Fisher blew it, blew the whole place up. He, he did. <laughs> well, not all of it, because a lot of it is in my book. 
what's left of it. That's what's left, left of, it. of it. But the he blew up the, the beautiful like Tudor thing that was on. I I was never there, but I saw it on the wrapper of the grossing is uh, real Jewish rye, and had the little picture of Elaine Gross. Which which I think was it was um, Jenny G. Jenny G. Yeah. And she had the little string of pearls. Mm-hmm. And it was a little like cameo of her head, and then there was like the beautiful uh, pseudo Tudor. A main lodge of Grossinger's. Yeah, he blew up the showroom because I he, never he, found he pressed that. pressed the plunger mm-hmm. and he was happy to do it. <laughs> Eddie Fisher breaks down fam- the famous Warhol painting at the front page of the New York Daily Mirror. Mikey. <laughs> Mikey. Yeah, Petey. Mikey, here's... Cops okay, rumble. Talking about menus, here's my menu from my flight, uh, my uh, Cathay Pacific flight to Hong Kong. So you can... Uh, <laughs> You're into Chinese food, right? There you go. Jews love Chinese food. There's got to be a joke about why Jews love Chinese food so much. Well, I don't know about that, but, but, I, did, but I did go to the first German Chinese restaurant. Really? Yeah. It, food was great, but a half an hour later, I was hungry for power. <laughs> that was a good one. That's good. All right. As ever, it's been the fastest half hour Wait a on the internet today, and thank God for that. This was this was lovely, actually, uh, and uh, the book looks great. Thank it got, you. It, it really excited the couple here at the awkward date table on They've the other been side. Into it. Yeah. yeah, that mm-hmm. and the celery. We, I'm gonna, we've oh. seen it all happen at this table. You know, I tried to get them to sponsor my book tour, but they said no. So Doctor Brown's. I, I kind of do don't want to sip any, but I do like the black cherry. Black cherry's delicious. I, I love. I do love the celery. It's an acquired taste. It took, it took it a is. while. It was my grandmother, great grandmother's favorite. It's you know, it's one of those flavors that's like that old people like, which mm-hmm. I guess is what it took for me. It's, oh, it's, it's a weird. Um, they weren't Jewish, but my grand. This is my grandparents' you're, idea you're, of soda. You're, you're pretty close to being Jewish. Yeah, you know, <laughs> your, your Eastern European roots uh, shine through. Did the Stones ever play the Catskills? Did this have the stones? The, that did you discover that? I never did discover that. I know um, Led Zeppelin played before they even wore like a name. Oh, where? I think it was the Raleigh, and they were like a fill-in band because someone told me they didn't want to go see them because they wanted to go see like the whatever. They wanted to see who would have been horrible then, Vanilla Fudge. Exactly. <laughs> right, that, uh, hideous. Uh, Oddly, you could probably go see them at BB King's this week. Ah. Speaking yes. of, of nostalgia, so last week was um, the old Cella Coachella show out, out in the desert. Bob Dylan played with the Rolling desert Stones trip. and uh, Paul the, McCartney. Two weekends. And, um, uh, meanwhile, Chuck Berry turned ninety this week with zero fanfare. Uh, the first poet of rock and roll. There was nothing about it, really. Well, I was celebrating, but I celebrate yeah. that every day because I believe, <laughs> Pete and Marilla. What do you believe? And uh, Marissa, that in rock and roll there is hope. I believe rock and roll is in a message of hope and uh, testify. You know, there is salvation in the big beat it's on a, the jukebox. I think Chuck Berry is the most optimistic songwriter of them all, and uh, and I celebrate that every day. Mazel tov. I do seriously. That being said, I was thrilled when Bob Dylan won the award. I, you know what? I, I I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to make of the Nobel Committee. I don't know. I mean, I, why not? Why not give? Bob I'll tell you what, no, no, Nobel Why Prize? not? I mean, his no. In all seriousness, and you know, I mean, I'm saying like all these guys, Irvine Welsh, weenie, whining, fetching. It's like and these people who say, like, oh, gee, it's too hard to read a book, you know, or or what's the what's the guy done? You know, he's a, he's a pop singer. I mean, hardly the guy has established over 50 years a lasting body of written work, which is the very definition of literature. Not only that, the, the, he ties into his writing traditions of. 
uh, narrative poetry and epic poetry. He's worked as an absurdist and a Dadaist. He's worked as a protest poet. He's written some of the most incredible love songs of all time. Throughout his work are references to pop culture. His biblical reference is you know run incredibly deep. I mean, the guy is more well-read and literate than you know pretty much anyone I know who walked out of an MFA program at some fucking creative you know writing school. He is and doing it, and he's Bob, still I hope you're on listening. the road yeah. doing it. He's the last greatest living example of a troubadour. He's playing in like Paducah, Kentucky this week. He's going to Arlington. He's playing at like a, a civic center in Iowa. He doesn't need these gigs. He does it because he's a believer and it's about the living language. And by the way, that's a very Jewish tradition. It is. Yeah. And he's refusing to age gracefully, which on my birthday, I'll drink to that one. <laughs> oh. Happy birthday. Oh, you, you look great today. Happy birthday. Marilla. Beautiful. Lovely as always. I know Lovelier. You, you only turned 29 once. I hope you have a great day. Let's, let's lift our old fashions right, to that. So. Give him a Nobel Prize. Mike, you're next. All right. Now, I don't have the lyrics to this one, so you got to sing it. I have no idea. Then just well, play it. Well, and I'll play the harmonica. What the, key you got? I mean, they've been stealing our... Uh, They're stealing our act. Stealing what? our act. All right, we're going to go out with what this. Key? Thanks to what everybody. key you got? Next week, we're coming back with the Rob Kennedy assassination, by the way. Now, wait a second. So, seriously, what key do I got? <laughs> you have one more joke for us before we get out of here? <laughs> I'm like, I, I seriously, I wrote this like on like a this morning. I just it's an A, right? Every joke I, I knew. This one's an A, I'm right? That's it. The, this is from the Rolling Stones' new. Uh, uh, oh, it's a blue and their, uh, lonesome. Their new old record. All right, we'll see you guys next week on Arts and Seizures. Thanks to Marissa Scheinfeld for coming by. Happy birthday, Marilla. Pizza Rumba. Thanks to Dave in the booth. Next week we're coming back. The Robert Kennedy assassination. Listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.